0: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals and asks them to share their best advice ever. From deal syndicators to wholesalers, flippers, property managers, pest inspectors, and everyone in between. It's the best ever advice and none of the fluff. Let's go.
1: A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit DoorDevil.com and enter Best Ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Glenn Schwarm. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Joe. How are you? Doing well. And I I think the Best Ever listeners are in for a treat today because you have uh, fixed and flipped over 200 homes since 2007. You're averaging about 50 homes a year buying and selling in the capital region of upstate New York and um your you and your wife founded signature home buyers and i I think with with um, your story in particular I'll let you go into it in more detail is interesting because you uh, all really put it out on the line uh, to get going where you maxed out credit cards and credit lines and um really you know as they say you, you if you want to take the island, you burn the boats. Uh so we did. If, we did. yeah if uh, if you can give the best ever listeners a little bit more detail about what you're up to now and how how you got to this point
0: Sure Joe well thanks for having me on the show I really appreciate it So you know our story is probably people have have said you guys are like the the American story you know you kind of just went all out I think it's important for people to know that we started in 2007 when the market was going down when everybody was tanking and real people were saying you know run from the hills get out of real estate we decided you know, we were kind of in a position where we had to make a move um, to do something. We were both going through divorces from our, our spouses at the time, and um, we had been friends for a number of years prior to that, and um, we always wanted to do real estate. And so long story short, we got into real estate. We decided we went to a, a local seminar uh, here locally, and a, a, it was a pretty funny story. The guy looked at Amber. If you know my wife, she's beautiful. She's about 95 pounds soaking wet and The guy looked at her and said, you know, to be successful in real estate, you're going to have to go in houses that she'll never go in. And I... I bit my lip and thought, "Buddy, you have no idea who you're talking to." So we were <laughs> we were quiet that day. We didn't say anything. We just stayed quiet. It was a small room, ten, twelve people. We went to see another woman speak, uh, who had done 250 flips, and that seemed like an, a number we you'd never reach. You know, it seemed like an unreachable number to us. And we're just trying to do our first one. You know, maybe you have listeners that have not even done a, ju- uh, a flip yet, and they just want to do their first one. Well, that's where we were. So. We heard the seminar, we started to apply some of the principles. we did our first our first deal. mind you, we were eighty I was eighty thousand dollars in credit card debt, eighty grand and uh that's a it's a lot of weight on your shoulders every day for sure and so we did our first flip. I think we made around seventeen thousand on that flip. It took us uh boy, about seven months to do. We did most of all the work ourselves we just we um, went out and got a loan for it when we first started but then we had to use all of our credit cards to do it um, we had what's called a no doc loan if some of you remember that back then and uh, that program quickly went away we did our our third flip uh, we my wife had to actually sell her car she had a Mercedes we had around ten thousand dollars in equity in that car and she sold the car so we had enough cash to finish the flip and we were you know we're, we're kind of in a bad way and this is now in 2008 when the market was really tanking and all the loan programs had gone away and everything. And we actually sold that house with a bidding war um, and sold it for $2,000 over asking. We cleared like thirty five or $36,000 on that deal and we were hooked. You know, we kind of got hooked at that point and said, wow, this is – we could do this. You know, maybe, maybe we could do more of these and we could just, you know, stop what we're doing now and, and just do this exclusively. And so we did and we started to get some private investors. We had a friend who uh, we we uh, talked her into using her home equity, um, and she's still an investor with us to this day, but, you know, we started with that, and uh, over the course of the years, we've raised about $3 million in private investor funds. We now have a, a full-fledged company, and we have, a, you know, we have uh, four different agents who work for us in our office. We've got five different employees that work for us doing different things, and uh, a marketing department and all that good stuff. So, we sure have come a long way, you know. It, it, it people say, "Why well, you've done it in a short amount of time?" And I got to tell you, it sure doesn't always feel like a short amount of time. But I guess <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it it is. We've learned a lot. We've made a ton of mistakes, a ton of mistakes. And I'm I'm one of those guys who likes to be really open about that. Because I think people learn from other people. Well, we all should learn from other people's mistakes. Many times we have to learn from our own. But I think that we should try to learn from other people's mistakes. And I that's why I like to be able to share those. Um, you know, so people know that. You, you read these people that are successful and do all this stuff and they have all this money and you read all that and you think, gosh, boy, I'm going to make mistakes. Well, if you only knew that we all do too. I think we just try to learn from those mistakes and move forward as quickly as we can. So,
1: What's, the, what, what's on the mistake thing? What's the biggest mistake you've made in investing?
0: The biggest mistake I've ever made. So this is a pretty involved story. I'm going to keep it as short as possible. But a few years ago… We were, my, my wife and I purchased 10 houses to renovate in about 30 days. You know, in our business, Joe, we don't, we can't decide when we're going to do a house. They just, sometimes they come in spurts and we have to, you have to ride the wave when you have it. So we had 10 houses that came in and my wife was pregnant. We just found out we were pregnant and we had a guy that had been calling us for about a year and wanted to help us do some project management. Now he was about 70 years old, kind of a grandpa type, and he wanted to give us a hand. Now, here's where the story gets interesting. I want to let you know that I always have done a background check on everybody that comes to work for our company. In this particular case, I did not. It sort of of happened very casually, and I'm going to help you out. Well, in nine weeks' time, we paid him over $200,000 to manage 10 different projects. Well, again, make a long story short. He put well over half of that into his own pocket and was teeing us up for a major con. And at the end of the day, we found out, we we fired him, and um, an all-out war broke out. And he was trying to uh, shake us down for hundreds of thousands of dollars by putting fake liens on our properties and all kinds of stuff. And it was a really bad, really bad situation. And come to find out, he had done five years in federal prison for uh, grand larceny. So, oh,
1: he's oh, back, yeah. to, uh, oh. back to his old
0: tricks. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah, and, and 365 days of that prison sentence were in solitary confinement. So he, he was a bad dude. He was in my home, around my family, you know, for a, for a very short period of time. Like I said, only nine weeks with us, but he did some major damage. And one of the things he did, uh, Joe, he actually was supposed to do just a renovation on a house, and he actually tore it almost all the way to the ground. My wife and I pulled up to the house to see what had happened, and he had torn it down. Oh, my God. oh, Oh yeah, man. I got to tell you, talk about talk about a hard time. And I can tell you that, to answer your question, the mistake was not doing a simple $25 background check or whatever it cost us at the time because that would have shown up immediately. And so we wouldn't have ever done that. But we, we learned so much from that experience. One is do background checks. Number two, trust your gut. About three or four weeks into this relationship, we suspected something was wrong and we let it go for another month because we were trying to... Take care of our problems, which were you know we had ten houses, a baby on the way, overwhelmed, and we made a decision and didn't trust our gut, and that's something that's really important. I think when you're a real estate investor, to so trust your gut. But um, we ended up winning on that deal. I want to let you know that we did we did survive, and he had actually broke into our office and got all my private investors' phone numbers and called them all and told them I was running a Ponzi scheme. And oh my. I, God. oh yeah I, I had and thank God we have a very solid reputation. I've always believed in doing the business with character and integrity, so my investors said this doesn't even sound right. I said it's not right, and so they all stood behind me, which was great and um we had to hire attorneys and all that good stuff and At the end of the day, there was a moment that I always remember my wife and I were in our bedroom, and I remember um you know we it's hard to, you know, if all your investors are calling you and they're all wondering what's going on, and you're thinking, and this guy's putting fake liens on all your properties, and you realize you're up against a professional. And if you know me, if you get to know me, Joe, you realize that my friends are like, you got conned. I'm like, I know, I know. How does that happen? Right. So it can happen to anybody. And my wife and I were there in the bedroom, and it was a quiet moment. It was late at night. And, you know, we're putting our heads down, like, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Is this, is this it for us? And we put our heads down. And I remember looking at my wife and I said, Amber, I said, honey, I see we have two choices. I said, we can either quit or we can fight. And we can either quit or we can fight and grow. Because if we grow, this problem goes away. You know, new business fixes all problems, you know, when you're in business. New business, new blood, new money takes care of many, many problems that you have. And I looked at my wife and she said, well, I know you. I know what we're going to do. We're going to grow. And I said, we're going to. And so we we decided that night to grow. And that really ironically is what pushed us. One of the really funny parts was during all this, he had threatened me. He said, look it. He said, if you don't pay me all this money, it was, it was you know $100,000, whatever it was. He said, if you don't pay me this money now, I'm going to call the local business review, which is a pretty big paper here. You know, It's all the business people. I'm going to call the business review and and, and tell them that you're a fraud. And I said, you know, I'll let my record speak for itself. Go for it. The ironic part is, Joe. About a year later, we get a phone call from the Business Review. They came out and did an article on us and put us on the front page of successful flippers in the Capital Region. So I, I, I was, I was really hoping he saw that. Wow. So, <laughs> that <laughs> so, is a, that's
1: crazy. That is yeah, a crazy that, that story. story.
0: That story has been. I haven't shared that with many people, but I, that story. I guess I have now. But that story. Um, you know, we decided to fight in that. We learned so much from that mistake. It was a simple mistake. But that simple mistake proved to be almost deadly. <laughs> Don't make that one if you're listening. Do background checks on people that you do business with. Just, it's very simple to do nowadays. So just. Make All sure right. You- well, you've you've already given us
1: uh, some best advice ever. But let's get into your official best advice ever. So, Glenn, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: So I tell you, I. I you know, put some thought into it. I think I think it's it's really pretty simple, and that is when you're calculating out what you're going to do. Be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Um, don't use what I call eraser math when you're doing your calculations. If you're going to flip a house, don't say to yourself, you know, if you run the comps and the house is going to sell for two hundred thousand, let's say, and you it shows two hundred thousand, and if if you're realizing that you can't buy the house for the right price to make the numbers work, don't go back and say, well, maybe I could sell it for two twenty. Or maybe I could do that. Maybe I could sell it for, for $219. Because really you're just kidding yourself. At the end of the day, the comps are the comps, and that's probably what you're gonna sell the house for. So be very careful in not being truthful with yourself, if that makes sense. There's things like holding costs that we're always figuring in. You know, you're you're figuring in your holding costs for the interest you pay on your money, the taxes, you know, how long you're gonna hold this house for, utilities, what time of year is it? don't if if you have figured in you're going to hold the house for 6 months don't say to yourself you know what i'm going to sell this one in 3 months When the average really is four or five or six months, you know, and so, you know, ask me how I know that, Joe, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I think that
1: leading, yeah, you're leading it into uh, something maybe that's perhaps a personal experience. (laughs)
0: Oh, we've had many, you know, we've had, we certainly over the years after doing, doing a couple hundred of these flips, you know, you, you learn a lot and I still make mistakes. You know, we all do. I make less of them now, but you know, those are the mistakes that get you in trouble. And I can remember many cases where I looked and said, I can sell this house for more, or I can get this job done for cheaper, you know, maybe I can find a cheaper contractor, and though I might up front have found a cheaper contractor, it might look that way on paper because of all the extra management and I had to fire it midway through and hire somebody else, it wound up being more expensive. So, you know, just I would say to make sure that you're really totally honest with yourself. Don't you know, if your numbers say you can't make the deal work, don't fudge the numbers because the only person you're gonna fool is yourself.
1: Glenn, are you ready for the best ever lightning round?
0: I can give it a shot.
1: Best ever book you've read?
0: Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it?
0: Well, I think you just heard that from the con man. That's how (laughs) it's best ever, so that sums that one up. (laughs) Do a background check.
1: Yes. (laughs) Very simple. Best ever success habit you practice?
0: I would say persistence no matter what. Best ever deal you've done? Bought a house, boy, I got to think. We bought a house that was, um, we bought it, we found out after it had seven acres of land. We thought it, had, uh, thought it had three acres of land, able to subdivide two of the lots off, sell those each individually, renovate the house, sell the house, which sat on three and a half acres in a wonderful neighborhood. Um, end of the day, after all was said and done, uh, we made a little over $200,000 in that deal. One deal. Over what period of time? took about a year altogether, maybe, maybe about 14 months altogether.
1: And how did you think that there was less land than there actually was whenever you purchased it? So here's what
0: I'll tell you. This is the little inside scoop I'll give you on this one. It's so important to make good relationships with people that you know and people in your backyard. Make good relationships. Make sure they know that you are a person of integrity and you do what you say you're going to do. By doing that, you build good relationships. An agent called me and said, Glenn, I have a bank – that has this property. They don't want to list it on the local MLS. They want to list it on some some remote MLS because they, have a, they had some kind of a political problem with the local MLS here. And I said, that's strange, but okay. So in other words, I was the only guy who knew about it and people that were an hour away. So I went to this house and looked at it and the bank thought there was 3.5 acres. So I looked at it. I loved the house with the numbers that were on it originally. So I made the offer, bought the house, we were getting ready to close. We were probably about a week away from closing when my bank called or my lawyer called. And they said, okay, let me just review the facts. We have this house you know, with 7.5 acres. I said, with what? <laughs> what? And she said, I said, seven acres? Where, where are you getting that from? And that's, you know, all of a sudden we found out that no, in fact, it had 7 point something acres instead of three and a half acres. So that was, a, that was a very nice plus that added, added probably about $105,000 in profit to that deal.
1: Best ever quote.
0: I gotta say it's right on my wall in my office. It's the quote I grew up hearing it from my mother and my grandmother. It's he who aims at the sun, though he is sure to miss it, hits higher than he who aims at the ground. Glenn, what's the
1: best ever place to reach you?
0: I would say you can go to our website, which is signaturehomebuyers.com, or uh, my uh, I guess I give my cell phone, is that okay? Sure. Five one eight four seven oh six oh two seven. And uh, those are the best best place to reach me. In the website, you'll have all my contact information on there as well, as well as my email address. And that's a great way to read. That's Glenn with two N's at signaturehomebuyers dot com.
1: All right. Well thank you so much for sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about a cautionary tale of background <laughs> checks. And <laughs> then also talking about, you know, how how to um approach fixing and flipping and and then some of some pretty interesting case studies as well from your experience so thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon great thanks for having me joe